Man Up, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. I am Joe Stopulis, and today I will be discussing a great book by a guy by the name of John Mark Comer. The book is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, something we could all use. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for everyone who was able to donate last week to the Carathon. Uh, if you'd like to, you can still donate. Yeah, it's never too late. Uh, we'd love for your, your help and your support. You can always call 515-223-1150 or go online to iocatholicradio.com. I, I just heard a really great story on the John Leonetti's show in the morning, actually, last week. Um, he was he was talking about you know different things people had learned and heard and stories from the from the radio station. The guy was on and said that his his daughter was in the car, I think, with him. And Brian Gonzalez from Intervisions was on Catholic Radio, and she had just gotten pregnant. And she was in a crisis pregnancy situation, didn't know what to do, wasn't sure what to do. Ended up, because of that, going to Intervisions, you know, didn't tell her parents. And sure enough, they helped her work through everything and be, you know, obviously tell the parents. And she became a mother. So this guy is a grandfather today because of Iowa Catholic Radio. Just an incredible story, the power of Iowa Catholic Radio. And um, it, these are the kind of stories that happen all the time. And, again, that's why I think it's such an important apostolate that we have here uh, and the the dollars that we use. I mean, it's, it's an incredible operation, how lean we work, um, and, and just a lot of these great stories you hear from all parts of the state Um from Iowa Catholic Radio, from listeners who you just never know who's listening. So had to share that story with you. I, I texted John, like, John, that is a, just an awesome, awesome testimony and awesome story. So we are going to head to a short break. When we return, uh, really want you to stick around and listen to this. Uh, I'm going to dive fairly deep into this book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, a great book that we could all use. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Golden Rule Heating and Cooling. Since 1999, Golden Rule Heating and Cooling has been supporting customers with their rules to live by. Respect, understanding, loyalty, expertise, and service. Golden Rule Heating and Cooling is a family-run business, reminding you of the Golden Rule. Treat others as you wish to be treated. Golden Rule Heating and Cooling. GoldenRulePHC.com Thank you, Golden Rule Heating and Cooling, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Thank you to Bozen the Floors for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio, Dowling Catholic Football, and Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. What better way to send a message to a friend or a loved one than a beautiful bouquet of fresh-cut flowers? This is Tom Bozen from Bozen the Floors. Our family business has been helping Central Iowans send messages locally and around the world for almost 100 years. Whatever the occasion, whatever the message, we can help you say more with Bozen. That's 244-ROSE, 244-7673, or bozen.com. My Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Today I want to dive into a great book, a great resource that I came across last month that I had to share with you. Uh, the name of the book is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and it's by a guy by the name of John Mark Comer. 
John Mark Homer is a uh, he's a preacher. He's a pastor uh, in in Portland, Oregon. And essentially, the way I would describe him is like if if Cardinal Sarah was a hipster who loved coffee and was a evangelical pastor is essentially what he is. Uh, the way he writes his book, uh, very you know, very lively. A lot of dot the dots, a lot of funny quips here and there. Um, very much directed at a wide range of people. It's not too theologically deep, but he does bring in a ton of Catholicism throughout the whole book. I was shocked, um, shocked by it. And it's interesting, this book came to me through various sources. We'll start with my wife. She read it first and said I needed to read it. Uh, so I did that. And then I actually, at the same time, I had a handful of friends who had stumbled across this book. So obviously, um, I'm not the only person who is aware uh, of this. And it was a, you know, obviously well sold a ton of copies. Um, but what he's doing, again, out in Portland, Oregon is where this guy's at. This book is uh, like The Power of Silence. If you if you come back from the series I just did in The Fulfillment of All Desire, when we talked about limiting distractions and, and slowing down. This, to me, is kind of more of a of a step-by-step manual on how to do that. It's his specific example of a guy who is living you know, in Portland, Oregon, living in a big town, big city, uh, lots of responsibilities uh, as, a, as a pastor of a, of a big church. And in doing that, his, it, it's super practical to me, which is great. I, and I've, I've brought this up many times that you know, it's hard for me to read Thomas Merton or, or some you know, desert father, some guy who doesn't have five, five kids and a wife and, and a job. And the understanding that you know, there's just a lot, of, uh, there's a lot of distractions I have. There's a lot of things I've got to do. There's a lot of uh, responsibilities I have. To be in the world, I, I have a job. I've got to do things. Uh, back to that quote from last time with just the Christian friendship, right? Christians living in the world need to have each other because we're on kind of a rocky, unstable, slick ground because we have to be in the world. We're, we're a part of this. So I think he has a really unique perspective um, in the fact that he is a guy who has got one foot in the world and one foot clearly set on God. And again, I already mentioned this. And I mentioned it throughout the episode. He does a wonderful job of bringing in, I would say, of all the people he quotes, it's almost 75% Catholics. It's saints of the Catholic Church. It's Catholic thinkers. It's pretty interesting uh, how, how much Catholicism comes out in this book. Um, but here's, here's the idea. And I really would encourage you. I think, I mean, I plowed through this thing in, in short order. It's a pretty quick read, considering you're not supposed to be hurrying through it. I, it's fast enough to read through. So... He starts off and talks about the problem. He talks about the the history of how we became so obsessed with hurrying. And it's a really interesting look, and it's something I thought about before, that people for centuries didn't have the depression we have. They didn't have the anxiety we have. They didn't have the hurry we had. Yet we have all this, all these devices that save us, quote-unquote, so much time. So what happened? So he, he goes into that. And on the second part, he talks about the solution. So what is the solution? And in his mind, it's all, it's all very biblical. Uh, he relies heavily on Scripture and in the life of Jesus. And then in part three, he gets super practical and talks about the practices for unhurrying uh, one's life and talks about silence and solitude, the Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing, slowing down. So what I want to do is just walk through um, some of the books, some of the quotes, some of the ideas, and share them with you because they were, they were super helpful to me. And I do think that, there'd be, it, that you, you will also gain a lot from this book. So you know, one of the first quotes in the book is hurry is the greatest enemy 
of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. When it comes to the history part, he notes that in 1317 was a watershed moment in human history. It was where the first public clock was launched in Cologne, Germany uh, of, of 17, so 1370. After that, people's lives started to be controlled by artificial time rather than their own body clocks. He notes that in today's America, uh, the average American sleeps roughly seven hours per night. A century ago, people slept on average nine hours per night. Uh, and before that, uh, it was in the 1800s up to 11 hours per night. Uh, he says that another watershed, so basically he, said he had a handful of these big moments of what happened, the invention of light and a few other things. So in 2007, when Steve Jobs launched the iPhone, that is to him the, the, the biggest event in the history of hurry, the thing that really just revolutionized. And so he, he touches on, on 2007 a lot. It says today the average iPhone user touches their phone 2,600 times per day. Change has created an average attention span of Americans of only eight seconds. And as you may know, a goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. So we have less than a goldfish today. And he suggests that, that time is not, more time is not the solution. He says, life is a series of choices. Every yes is a thousand no's. Uh, the average male uh, American, by the time they're 21, has played 10,000 hours of video games. The average American spends 705 hours per year on social media and 2,700 hours a year watching television. He argues that the world is filling our minds with its views and values, and the rest is hurried in a stressed society. So really sets up the stage of you know how did we get to where we're at? How did all of this uh, come in? I, so I mentioned the uh, invention of the light bulb, and that was in 1879. Which, in theory, for that, you, know, you really couldn't stay up much past sunset. If you think about it, and we're about to enter daylight savings time here, it's getting darker earlier. You know, outside of candlelight, you really couldn't stay up much past it. It was just pitch black. Um, and so back then, the, the average person slept 11 hours a night. And he goes on to talk about how you know, a lot of these great saints, he talks about, uh, specifically does uh, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, how they get up at 4 in the morning uh, and pray. He's like, man, that's incredible. How do they do that? He goes, well... I come to find out they're probably going to bed at like 7 or 8 o'clock at night, and they've actually got pretty much a full night of sleep uh, in. And I think that's a, a, just an important way to look at this, right? As we look historically, we're down to 7 hours of sleep a night, and we've rushed ourselves into this place that we were never meant to be. You know, and we were never here. Uh, so the history part of it I thought was really interesting. Uh, I thought it was a really interesting take uh, to help you be kind of you know, eyes wide open into what we're up against. Uh, and we are up uh, up against a lot. On part two, now he kind of walks through, you know, what are these symptoms? And what are what are the symptoms that we're dealing with? I'm gonna list them off here. He says these are the these are the ten symptoms he says of of hurry, what he calls hurry sickness. Irritability, hypersensitivity, restlessness, workaholism, emotional numbness, out of order priorities, lack of care for your body, escapist behaviors. Slippage of your spiritual disciplines, I'm sure everyone has seen that, uh, and isolation, feeling disconnected from God and others. You know, I, I think we've all seen this, right? We've all, we've all experienced this. Well, moving on, he paints Jesus as the model uh, to follow. And he, he goes really heavy into scripture in this next piece and paints the life of Jesus as one that was, it was obviously active. It was very much on the move. And from the rest of the time out here, he just describes that Jesus was never 
rushed. At all times throughout the Gospels, you don't see Jesus, he has a mission, he's got things to do, he's got places to go, he's got healings to take care of, but you never you never feel him being flustered. You never feel him uh, being ha- having anxiety over his mission. And a few of the passages, passages that I really enjoyed uh, the reflections on, was the first off, taking my yoke. So he talks uh, a lot about you know, reflecting on that. Jesus wants to make your burden light. And you, you do that by by yoking yourself to Jesus, by having him help you. And how do you do that? Well, how you do that mostly, right, through through prayer. And we'll get into some of those things. Uh, but but uh, uniting your will to his. So you can you can take this stress, you can take these these negative things that have come through the world today, and the way that you can combine them is by yoking yourself to Jesus. And from there he goes on to dive further into, into John's gospel, specifically on on the vine, on Jesus as the vine, and we are the branches. And we he, the word abide is used, I believe, 11 times, something like that, uh, in that, that passage, in, in abiding, that, that idea of abiding in Jesus, resting him and, and putting ourselves into his hands at all times. And that is how uh, John Mark Comer views as the model. He views Jesus as the model, and we are not supposed to be anxious. Why do you worry? He talks about it all the time. So then after this, it gets pretty practical, and this is really interesting stuff here. As I mentioned earlier, his his big things were silence and solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, and slowing. Um, So silence is a very important practice. We talked about silence multiple times, right? Um, External silence, but also internal silence from quieting the mind. Solitude means to be alone with God and with your own soul and experiencing a sense of inner fulfillment. Silence and solitude can be difficult because in the quiet we must face worries and fears that have not we've not had the courage to face before. We have to and that's why people distract themselves, right? People distract themselves to not have to to think about things outside of themselves, to think about bigger things. So Next, he goes into the Sabbath, and this to me was one of the most interesting things of uh, of the whole book. And I, I really want you to pay attention to this. I think it's I think it's wonderful stuff he does here. I'm going to quote from the book: "The Sabbath is like a guerrilla warfare tactic. If you want to break free from the oppressive yoke of Egypt, Egypt's taskmaster and its restless, relentless lust for more, just take one day each week, and he says, stick it to the man. Don't buy, don't sell, don't shop, don't surf the web, don't read a magazine." Just put it all away and enjoy. Drink deeply from the well of ordinary life. A meal with friends, time with family, a walk in the forest, afternoon tea. Above all, slow down long enough to enjoy life with God, who offers everything, the materials and promises, but can never deliver on, namely, contentment. And then in the words of Ronald Rollheiser, Quotes, he says, so much of our unhappiness comes from comparing our lives, our friendships, our loves, our commitments, our duties, our bodies, and our sexuality, some idealized and non-Christian vision of things, which falsely assures us that there is a heaven on earth. When that happens, and it does, our, ten- our tensions begin to drive us mad, and in this case, to what he calls a cancerous restlessness, a cancerous restlessness, true restfulness restfulness, though, is a form of awareness, a way of being in life. 
It is living ordinary life with a sense of ease, gratitude, appreciation, peace, and prayer. We are restful when ordinary life is enough. He goes on to talk about putting a governor on the speed of your life. And the way he does that, and I'm going to read here about his specific Sabbath, but he wants everyone, and I, I, we, we, we try this. I mean, we definitely practice trying to have a Sabbath. His is super intense. So here is uh, a little idea of what he does. Just before sunset on Friday, we finish up all of our to-do lists and homework and grocery shopping and responsibilities and power down all of our electronic devices. We literally put them in a box and stow it in the closet. And then we gather around the table as a family. We open up a bottle of wine. We light some candles, read a psalm, and pray. Then we, fe- then we feast, and we basically don't stop feasting for the next 24 hours. Matt, I might add that is the way Jesus would do it. We'd sleep in Saturday morning, drink coffee, read our Bibles, pray more, spend time together, talk, laugh, in summer walk in the park, in winter make a fire, just get lost in a good novel on the couch, nap, etc. So honestly, I spend a lot of time just sitting by the window, just being. It's like a less stressful Christmas every single week. So it's about Something happens about halfway through the day, something that's hard to put language to. It's like my soul catches up to my body. Like some deep part of me that got beat up and drowned out by meetings and email and Twitter and uh, relational conflict and the difficulty of life comes back to my surface and I feel free. The need to be free, to get more, to be more. Free from all that. Free from the spirit, the evil demonic spirit of restlessness that enslaves our society. And I feel another spirit, the Holy Spirit of restful calm settle over my whole person. And I find that my ordinary life is enough. And when I come out of it, he talks about coming out of it slowly and slowly. I think it's a great reflection. And I think all of us, it would behoove us all to take that seriously, to take seriously this idea of Sabbath, of rest. From there, he goes on to talk about simplicity and simplifying our lives. Uh, all of us need to do this. And he, he has a few practices uh, when it comes to uh, to having more simple, having basic principles for simplicity and getting out of consumerism. He says, before you buy something, ask yourself, what is the true cost of the item? Obviously, time away from family, there's a, you know additional cost to things like motorcycles and whatnot, and will it distract you? Will it add to your hurry? Before you buy, ask yourself, by buying this, am I oppressing the poor or harming the earth? Never impulse buy. Number four, when you do buy, opt for fewer but better things. When you can, share Number six, get into the habit of giving things away. Number seven, live by a budget. Number eight, learn to enjoy things without owning them. That's pretty good. Number nine, cultivate a deep appreciation for creation. Ten, cultivate a deep appreciation for the simple pleasures in life. Eleven, recognize advertising for what it is. Propaganda, call out the lie. And twelve, lead a cheerful, happy revolt against the spirit of materialism. And he goes, he... he, he brings all that together. Uh, he brings all that together, and and talks further on each of those those points. But I think it's a good overview of what he's talking about there. Lastly, he gives twenty things he does. He calls them gamifying um, the spiritual disciplines of slowing down. I struggle with the idea of even tempting some of these, but I, I'm going to share them with you, um, at least for food for thought. It says number one, just drive the speed limit. Which okay, so I have I have experimented with this. Um, it is difficult for me to do, but there is actually like it legitimately actually kind of works. So I, I feel like a crazy person. I, it's, you're driving fairly slow, 
but um, there is something calming about it. So anyway, I thought it was crazy the first time I read it. I've tried it, and it actually is kind of good. Uh, similar to that, get into the slow lane. Um, again, with the driving, just trying to be calm. If you're late for a meeting, it's a t- tougher thing to do. But in general, if you can plan it out, it works out well. Come to a full stop at stop signs. That is that is extraordinarily difficult, but give it a shot. Uh, don't text and drive. We should all be doing that. Number five, show up 10 minutes early for appointments and do not have your phone. If you did that, you'd probably find yourself praying. You'd find yourself thinking about God. This one I've not done yet. Get into the longest checkout line at the grocery store. He's really trying to... <laughs> that one's uncomfortable for me. I don't. Think, I haven't tried that one yet. Turn your smartphone into a dumb phone. So I, I have done this pretty well. Um, you know, taking social media off your phone, disabling web browsers and, and the like. Um, to obviously, disabling all news alerts and all that stuff. Really just basically it can be a, a phone with some helpful apps that might work for you and a camera is essentially what mine is. So turn your smartphone into a dumb phone or just straight up next rules, get a flip phone or dip, uh, ditch your cell phone altogether. Parent your phone, put it in bed before you and make it sleep in. Keep your phone off until after your morning quiet time. Set specific times for email. Set a time, a time limit for social media or just get off it completely Kill your TV, which I think all of you know I agree wholeheartedly with that. Single task, which, you know, I've heard lots of studies on on not multitasking, um, which is always, always good. So single tasking. Walk slower. I struggle with this. Uh, I actually really enjoy fast walks, but walking slower. Take a regular day alone for silence and solitude. Take up journaling. Experiment with my experiment with mindfulness and meditation. Again, that's to me that's quiet time with the Lord. That is prayer time. That is quiet prayer time. If you can take long vacations, I, I do this every year. I try to do it. His, I mean, he got into I think two at least two weeks is what he was saying, um, two to three weeks, which is which is really long. If I mean, not everyone can do that, but he really says you know if you can get out in nature and 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 just get out of the world, it's after a certain amount of time, it's very helpful to do that. So take long vacations. Lastly, cook your own food uh, and and eat it and eat in. So that's kind of the, the base, basics of the book. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. A lot of good stuff in there. And I think my big takeaways that I'm, I'm Kristen and I are going to kind of chew through these uh, together and talk through them. But I mean, really trying to find the things, the guardrails in my own life and our own life uh, that we can do. And it has a lot to do, obviously, with technology, getting rid of that technology. But highly recommend the book. Again, to me, it was very much a, it was very much, uh, it was very Catholic in a lot of ways, and it was very practical, um, especially considering this guy, you know, is he's, he's in a big city and he's got a lot of demands on his time, and he has kids and he's got a wife. So I thought it was a very uh, practical book. Thanks for joining me. Stick around, and we will head to a break and be right back. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by CTO. What great news for donors to the Catholic Tuition Organization. You now receive 75%. Yes, 75% of your donation back in Iowa tax credits beginning January 1st of this year. Your support has helped thousands of students attend our Catholic schools. Best gift ever. Online. CTOiowa.org. At CTO, the bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. 
Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for underwriting Christ is the Answer with Father Ricardo and for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Father Ricardo is featured daily at 11 a.m. Monday through Friday. Confluence Brewing Company is located off the bike trail south of Grays Lake. Confluencebrewing.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Northwest Bank. Commitment you can bank on. Northwest Bank is a community bank serving Iowa and Nebraska. N-W-B-A-N-K. Thank you, Northwest Bank, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry is the name of that book by John Mark Comer. Highly recommended. It's obviously clearly right up my alley. Uh, if you, Everything I seem to talk about kind of boils down to this idea of eliminating all these distractions from our lives, things that are creating uh, noise, things that are, that are taking us away from the Lord. And replacing them with good things, uh, with with good food. Um, that's not that just seems to be that and Christian friendships and a few other themes. But so when I got this book, uh, I was just I, I want to get it in everyone's hands. I, mean, I told I started texting people like you got to read this book, um, which apparently is another theme of mine recently. I've just been kind of all over this, but I want to share these with you because they've been they've been pretty instrumental in changing me. Um, and this was just another one that I thought. Um, you have to get over. I mean, there's a lot of hipster coffee references. So uh, just a f- disclaimer up front that y- you got to get through some. Uh, it's kind of like reading a John Leonetti book. There's going to be some cheesy jokes. Uh, you know, you're going to have a few cheesy jokes in there, but the bulk of it's really good. So there's a, a plug uh, for John Leonetti books as well. The bulk of it's really good, but there's some cheesy jokes. Uh, same kind of thing here. But all that said, I think it's a very practical guide. Um, and, you know, a lot of people can't get through Cardinal Sarah. They can't do it. It's just he's too theological or, or what what have you. Um, and, and again, part, and, and Thomas Merton might just be there's just too much of a disconnect between a guy who lives in a hermitage uh, and me living in Western Moines, Iowa. But I think this is a good bridge. I think it's a really nice addition to that, um, a different way of looking at this problem we have of, of hurry in the world. And I think we are all called, and I have friends who have really helped me uh, in this in this part as well, when it comes to the Sabbath, when it comes to turning off uh, phones, and they've inspired me. So hopefully this book can inspire you uh, as well. Thank you for joining me today on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. It is time to man up. Man up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness. 